0: Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
1: Before we jump into the show, I want to let you know that Devonte Freeman signed with the Giants. Midway through the show, we discuss it at the end. Hit the time cones, the time stamps in the video if you want to go up to that right away. We do talk about the waiver wire at the beginning, sort of antiquated at this point. But hey, we do re-up at the end in all of my waiver wire rankings and rankings are all updated in the description of this video, and you can always find them up on DK Playbook and DKNation.com. All right, let's get to the show. <laughs> Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience presented by, get this, DraftKings 2020 Week 3 Rankings. Debate, breakdown, each position. If you're looking for the updated rankings, hit the description of this video or podcast and my rankings are in there updated at the end of every single day. Sometimes, if I drink too much, maybe in the morning when I wake up with my kids, get them off to school, update the rankings, and I'm on my way. However, you'll rarely go more than 12 hours with those rankings not being updated. Fortunately, there's no games till Thursday, and then after that, until Sunday, so you don't need to make the lineup right now and my rankings as you're going to see in the show are going to be debated by jake Sealy from theathletic.com so they might change as the show goes along make sure those updates are reflected on dknation.com remember to go check those out also remember to smash the like button for the video and give me your one must play at running back who's outside of the top 20 for week three i'm very curious because there's a lot of guys like in a 20-player stretch where, yeah, you could definitely fire them up, but you could definitely make the case the other way at the same time. You're like, I don't want to fucking part of these people. Also, if you're listening to the audio podcast, please rate the Pat Mayo Experience five stars. Feeling generous. Leave a five-star review as well. The review, I mean, it's be like, hey, I like this show. Boom. Really goes a long way into helping people discover the show. Telling friends, also another way you can do that. And, hey... Maybe you should tell your friends about playing in the Pat Mayo Experience DraftKings Listeners League. $15 to play, no rake, three max entry. Link is in the description of the video and podcast. I always tell people, check out that description of the video (laughs) and podcast. A lot of stuff hidden down there. Some Easter eggs for the people, just like getting a discount at FTN Daily and FTNFantasy.com. Use all the tools, use all the projections, the cornerback, wide receiver, matchups. If you're limited on time and you play more than $10 a week, either betting or on DraftKings, you might want to go check that out. Use code Mayo, uh, and the links are in the description of that as well. FTNDaily.com, FTNFantasy.com dot com check it out jake seeley from the athletic dot com on the line i saw i do the the sunday morning show with brad evans at 10 a.m eastern on mayo media network subscribe by the way you are live from 11 till 12 30 on sunday on the athletic as well so you know, we don't have completely com- or, compet- or competing shows but it's getting pretty close <laughs>
2: It's close, but say that's, you can jump from one to the other. So you can start with you, come over to me. By the way, I'm gone at 12. They do stuff after that, but I'm off to update the rankings for how I do things. And I, as you can see, all right, with this waivers this week, I haven't been getting, I didn't get to style my hair for you today.
1: Is that why you're wearing a hat? I just assumed you were losing your hair.
2: <laughs> no, I, I, unfortunately, I, I don't think I'll ever be losing my hair because my grandfather at 92 when he passed away had a full head and my dad's 60 and change and he still has a full head.
1: I don't really know, because people always used to say it's your mother's side, like your mother's father. That's how it works out. I don't know if that's true or not. I think that's just something people say.
2: Uh, It's supposed to be genetic, and I do have the same waviness that he had, but that's why I included my dad. It's like my dad does, my mom does, if you include the women's side of things, but like my grandfather did on my mom's side, so like everybody does. My dad's dad did, so I'm assuming I'm safe.
1: All right, well, that's good. No more hats then. Hats are for bald people, pal.
2: I, I, this is hazardous for also people that were scrambling for time
1: all right that's fair let's talk we Blame
2: Nando. blame yeah. nando we normally do a video real quickly after your show and it's usually like it's the 7 10 minutes. It's he's like the Nick, the nando and jakey show yay like we do that but he has a call today so he moved it to before this so it's actually nando's fault
1: yeah blame nando nando defino we blame you for all of this let's talk you waivers hi, by the way what's that he says hi? He
2: said hi, by the way. He oh. wished you well,
1: as well, he always does. I always try to get Nando on, and then I forget. Like, we set something up, and then, like, it doesn't work out once, <laughs> then we forget for two years. But, you know, I'll have to have Nando <laughs> on, probably in the offseason. We'll get him on. One of my favorite guests of all time. My old boss, too. So, waiver wire. A lot of shit going down this week on The waiver wire. I did the full waiver wire ranking show, along with the injuries, and we discussed through a lot of the pickups with Gary and Chris Meaney on Monday's episode. You can go check that out right now on Mayo Media Network. However... Stuff has changed since then. We now know that Christian McCaffrey is probably going to be out four to six weeks. Barkley is officially done for the year. Cortland Sutton's officially done for the year. Uh, Did you have a lean on the Deion Lewis, Mike Davis, Daryl Henderson, Josh Kelly type situation? Like, here's my kind of thought on the matter, is that you can go blow your budget on Deion Lewis if you have to, and it's... 40-60 40-60 to work out it's probably not going to work out in your favor but you might have to do it just in case he is the guy which I don't think that he's necessarily going to be the guy obviously you go get him but like to spend all your fab bucks to make sure you get him I would say only if you're completely desperate I would probably rather take Mike Davis for four weeks and see how that works out or pick up Josh Kelly because I think that you know Justin Jackson's probably not going to get his job back uh, and regardless if it's Tyrod or if it's uh, Justin E. Bale, that Josh Kelly looks like he's going to be the primary goal line back for the Chargers and Henderson just looked good we talked about Henderson a bunch maybe it just, his week one performance uh, had a lot to do with the fact that he was dealing with an ailing hamstring like all of those guys you can kind of throw them in the bucket I do like Mike Davis though I think that he's going to be the guy
2: I, I think he'll definitely be the guy too uh, my concern with Deion Lewis is that Wayne Gallman was supposed to be the guy before the season and Wayne Gallman still sounds like the guy because he was inactive because Gallman doesn't play special teams and Dion Lewis does. And that's really what it came down to is the Giants weren't going to have three active running backs on game day because you don't need that with Saquon Barkley, obviously, if Saquon stays healthy. So I think that's the big factor here. But also that being said, Dion Lewis should be more involved with in the passing game. And so far this season, the Giants are the past happiest team in the league, which is crazy. Almost 70 percent of their plays are passes so far. So, again, that would lean towards Dion Lewis to being the more trustworthy one. But I'm concerned, as you said, the 40-60 to work out. It might be 60-40 Gallman, and Lewis kind of has that Naheem Hines value where most weeks you should be fine, but what if the Giants eventually have a lead at some point or maybe the game slowed down, and like Philip Rivers just did last week is there's not a lot of passes going to the running backs. So I would still go Lewis, but I wouldn't ignore Gallman. Uh, To your point, though, I would ignore both and go get McKinnon, even if it's temporary, because at least know that his value is secure. And I, I love Henderson. You know this, Pat. We've talked about this for two years now that I love the talent. If Cam Akers is out there, though, I don't love him just because Cam Akers. There's all three. It's Sean McVay. It's a full blown committee at this point. If something clears up, I would love Henderson, but I just don't feel like if Malcolm Brown, Akers, and Henderson are all involved, I don't think it's going to be anybody more than maybe 50% of the touches.
1: Yeah, that's tough, and it looks like Akers and Brown are both on track to play this weekend at Buffalo, so...
2: Which is crazy for acres. The yeah. separated car- cartilage in your ch- like ribs. Doesn't that sound re- like really painful?
1: It does. I mean, I the only bone I, I think I've actually I broke my orbital bone when I've you know had the shit kicked out of me before. But I once I once, uh, I <laughs> once uh, was doing crowd surfing at a Smashing Pumpkins concert and I got dropped on the guardrail in the front row and like cracked oh. my ribs. Not great. Oh. Not great times uh, for old Pat Mayo. The rest Whoa, of day. What inv- were you
2: doing at a Smashing Pumpkins concert?
1: Hey, it was like 2003. No, it was before that.
2: And what were you crowd surfing to? You can't be crowd surfing to tonight, tonight. That's not, So what the hell were you crowd surfing to? I believe for? it was
1: Bullet with Butterfly Wings. I don't really remember. Okay. I was uh, kind of out of it at the time. Uh, it was at like a... What was sma- one?
2: 1979 was their other big hit? It was
1: Smashing Pumpkins, Foo Fighters, Someone Else, Someone Else, and Someone Else. It was like a touring festival that ended up coming through. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> in terms of Lewis, I guess the one to look out for, and your boy Emery Hunt at The Athletic uh, kind of shouted this out, Rod Smith is on the practice roster yep. for the Giants. Jason Garrett, obviously, now involved With the Giants, Rod Smith, former Cowboy, maybe he knows the offensive system a little bit that they're trying to play. I'm not saying go pick up Rod Smith, but if he somehow gets himself into this mix, I wouldn't be super stunned.
2: I wouldn't be super stunned if I'm in a 14, 16-team league if you want your dart throw because a lot of these other guys are already taken, including like a McKinnon already. You can. The only thing with Rod Smith is now I kind of liken it to the Rams situation is even if he ends up surprising and being the guy, I feel like all three of them are going to be involved now because there is no Saquon Barkley. So even if Goldman ends up third and Rod Smith is number one, Lewis still kind of settles into that role where he's going to be involved in the passing game. So it's just it feels gross. And honestly, again, I go back to the bigger thing here is against the past happiest team in the league. And that's against two tough opponents so far. It gets easier, but I don't know if that's going to change how they throw
1: yeah it's a really difficult situation like would you blow your budget if you lost Saquon or you lost McCaffrey would you blow your budget on Dion Lewis I don't think I would
2: no I would go for Mike Davis even though it's only potentially three four weeks uh you would think the Panthers would kind of say hey we just saw what Saquon happened last year and then he came back too soon and he wasn't effective till late in the year we're a young rebuilding team like let's keep McCaffrey healthy you would think they would go that route but McCaffrey said he sees it as a challenge just like Saquon did last year and if he comes back and it's only 3 weeks but with Mike Davis you know what you're getting for those 3 weeks so i would say he's the one to blow your budget and your number one spot but you know if you're super deep at running back already I would immediately try to trade him. Like I would still go get Davis, but I would immediately try to trade him because somebody's desperate right now.
1: Yeah, I actually have had a few conversations. I have Mike Davis. One of the strategies that we talked about before the year was draft other people's handcuffs, uh, especially of the guys that you know could step into that role. So I just have Mike Davis on a bunch of rosters Uh, from that. uh, My team's not off to a super hot start. Thanks, Michael Thomas and Kenny Galladay. Not doing so great. (laughs) But at the same time, I think McCaffrey owners and the Barkley owners for that matter have come after me about Mike Davis. Like Even the Barkley owners feel more confident in Mike Davis right now as a potential fill in. Like they don't want to go spend 90% of their fab budget on Deion Lewis. Although Deion Lewis might be the might end up being the better play if he ends up securing this job and has, having it all year. Like he's a fringe top 10 running back, which no one really expects that to happen.
2: Yeah, and, and that's really what the issue here is. And unfortunately, it kind of feels like by necessity a lot of people are gonna have to go after these guys. And McKinnon's even a temporary situation. It, although it is Shanahan. I mean, most of it might come back and McKinnon Oh, looks if, so if you good think maybe... that
1: Jarek McKinnon is outscoring Jeff Wilson this week, just don't don't even think about that. Like,
2: And, and full. Is, wait, wait, wait. Are you basing that on if Nick Mullins or uh, Garoppolo plays or are you just saying that straight out, period?
1: I'm just saying that straight up. Like, everyone's going to be in on McKinnon oh, this no. week, myself included, and then all of a sudden we're going to get to the goal line. It's going to be three touchdowns for him or Jerzrich. Okay.
2: <laughs> Here's here's the good thing is you know, similar to the Giants being the past happiest. It, the Garoppolo, if plays, he's actually throwing to running backs more than anybody, including Rivers, so far this year. So, well, do man, you think th- do you think that's a pro- do beginning. you think
1: that's a product of? I mean, the offense is obviously going to be the same as it has been the first yeah, two weeks. no but wide receivers. That's it, where you're going. Yeah, it's a product of no one in the receiving game, but that hasn't changed.
2: No, it hasn't. Debo's still not back till next week. So we're still okay. And Kittle might not play again, even though Jordan Reed was like a plug and play smash. Like, I wasn't even expecting that. We hadn't seen Jordan Reed. It's kind of the AJ Green situation.
1: Well, it's kind of weird with Jordan Reed. I think he only played 26% of the offensive snaps. Yeah. Somehow he had seven targets for touchdowns. super
2: low. Well, it's because who else are they going to go to in the red zone? There's like If no Jordan Reed, that might have been a Kendrick Bourne game because there's just nobody to go to in the red red zone.
1: Yeah, Bourne started picking it up late, but uh, he was a favorite of Nick Mullins, put it that way. Something to watch out for this week if Mullins ends up starting.
2: Back this week, potentially.
1: But let's... And you saw
2: who just got signed, right?
1: For the Niners? Lake Bortles oh yeah blake blake, Bortles blake Bortles went to denver mohammed sanu is probably gonna play a bigger part with the niners this week i would assume
2: it would assume i mean he's got the fami- familiarity with shanahan but this still also feels like just wait until debo gets back
1: oh yeah for sure but then you have sanu i mean russell gage stole his role in atlanta of like wildcat quarterback Maybe oh. you can incorporate that in
2: plus i get my one nickname back
1: that's true if he if one. he's active <laughs> then you're looking good. Let's talk running back (laughs) rankings though. So the week two running back rankings again you can find all of the updated rankings in the description of this video and up on dknation.com. Likely in. This is going to be some like fudging here. So if you look at my rankings I have likely in. Those are guys that I I have in the rankings. The guys that I have likely out are not in the rankings. You don't need to ask me questions about this it's not that complicated. If there's out next to their name they're definitely not in the rankings. That's how the rankings are adjusted across (laughs) all of the rankings. They're all kind of linked together. So if one guy's sits at running back maybe that means more opportunity at wide receiver for someone else that's why they would appear to be higher in that sense i just want to explain that once again so people are like you know how it is anyway most people are pretty good about it they understand some people are just like and that's how it goes likely can it, i go
2: ar, ar, because daryl only has one l can i do that
1: <laughs> yeah sure yeah sorry i spelled <laughs> daryl williams wrong
2: no i just i i, I was thinking you were going to be like i don't effing care because i know you don't care about spelling
1: I I don't. Uh, You know who I'm talking about. Likely in. The Duke. Johnson. (laughs) Hi-ho Duke. Cam Akers with his ribs and Malcolm Brown with his finger all in the rankings. Likely out. James White. I currently have him listed as out. I don't know if he's going to be back with the team or not. If he is, I will put him in the rankings. Uh, Mostart with his knee. Probably not going to play. Coleman. With his knee, probably not going to play. Mike Boone, the Boone King. Concussion, probably not going to play. Daryl Williams, ankle, probably not going to play. Darrington Evans, your boy, hamstring, probably not going to play. Justin Jackson, his quad, probably not going to play. They might play, and if they do, I'll put them in the likely in section. For now, as we talk about these <laughs> rankings, they're out. Philip Lindsay, Le'Veon Bell, Saquon Barkley, Christian McCaffrey, all out. That brings us to the rankings. Number one, Zeke at... The Seahawks, Kamara, Henry, Aaron Jones, Miles Sanders, Dalvin Cook, Jonathan Taylor, Chris Carson, Josh Jacobs, and Mike Davis at number 10. That's followed down the list. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire at Baltimore on Monday evening. Nick Chubb, James Conner, James Robinson, Austin Eckler, Joe Mixon, Kenyon Drake, Jarek McKinnon, Kareem Hunt, and Todd Gurley. That is my top 20. I'm feeling a lot of bad vibes about Todd Gurley, man. Uh, if he wasn't able to do it against Dallas mm-hmm. in that high scoring of a game, they're not passing to the running backs whatsoever, which is probably you know a fundamental good idea by the Falcons, passing down the field a lot. But I really thought they would get Gurley really more involved in the passing game.
2: Mm, I agree. And so something that I tweeted out yesterday for stat-wise is very similar to what you were saying. So he had targets in the first week. He has, I think, two catches for one yard or something like that. But he had zero in week two, not even a target. And I said, he's essentially turned into Sonny Michelle. Like, what's the difference? But not this year, Sonny Michelle, like two years ago, Sonny Michelle. Like, that's what you're hoping for is, like, some rushing touchdowns. But this is a passing offense, three wide receivers, including a tight end with Hayden Hurst. Somebody seemingly gets left out every single week is Hurst week one, Julio week two. But – they, Matt Ryan's just going to keep throwing. And as you mentioned, even if you include the others like Brian Hill and Ito and all that type of stuff, still very few targets going to the running back situation there. So I'm with you with the concerns. I think Todd really deserves to be down in a low-end RB2 conversation right there where you have. And I know you didn't say David Johnson yet, but I think that's a very fair spot for him going forward as he falls into there. My only issue with your ranking so far is Mike Davis feels aggressive for me, not because of Mike Davis. And I know he had the receptions, which looked really good, especially if you're half and full P- PR, but I would put him only three spots. I would be behind him, Edwards, Hilaire, Chubb and Connor trusted roles. And here's what it comes down to the chargers defense good for what they did. Like, no, I know, but the, all the injuries I give that defense and Gus Bradley so much credit for what they did for basically the entirety of that game. Uh, They really held them in check. Uh, Mahomes took off late in that game, but they kept Edwards Hilaire in check. They bottled up the backfield for much of the game. I'm not saying they're going to stop Mike Davis. I'm just saying between the trusted workload there and the Chargers giving me surprisingly confidence that they can limit teams, I would just move them down three spots. So
1: I guess my pushback on Mike Davis in this spot is going to be the reception total. Uh, I don't think he's going to have eight catches every single game, but I think with the way that this defense is constructed, the offensive line not holding the best for Teddy Roosevelt in this spot, and I do think that they're going to be passing Mm -hmm. a lot, which means he's going to have to get the ball out very quickly, which I think does mean a lot of DJ Moore. It means a lot of Mike Davis in this game. I think this particular setup, where the Chargers are able to generate so much pressure, will actually funnel a lot of targets to him. I can see not having the trust in Mike Davis, and maybe they activate Reggie Bonifant off the practice squad, and it's like a split, and you're absolutely fucked. Like, that could happen. Uh, I'm not going to pretend like (laughs) Or use
2: more Curtis Samuel, like with Chenault and yeah. Robert Woods. Actually, more like Chenault. Chenault's getting three or four carries a week.
1: But I'm not too concerned about three or four carries a week. Like That's fine. Like, if I don't think that Davis is just going to step in and play 99% of the snaps like McCaffrey was, I'm projecting him more in like the 70 75 range. But as long as he right. gets the goal line work, he's predominantly on the field. I think in this matchup, it would make him a top 10 back. And only because I don't love the rest of it. Like, Chubb against Washington, like, it really does feel like Chubb's either going to have a bonanza game or not a good game at all. So I kind of have to hedge with my <laughs> ranking of him. Like, I am putting in some downside with him. And this Washington defense, like, still pretty good. I, just because they didn't win last week doesn't mean they're not good. Uh, they still got a ton of pressure on Kyler Murray. The front seven is still very good. That this could be more of a Kareem Hunt game, depending on what the score is.
2: Mm. See, well, that's where I was going to go to. The score is uh, the team's still not very good, so this should be a Cleveland Browns win, and in that case, I'm Yeah, but it's, Chubb, it's, let's so. not pretend like the Browns are
1: super great, too.
2: No, they're not, but if you're talking about the fact, like, look, just what happened last week, the points being there, and it was all Chubb, and then Hunt, didn't get, Hunt got his later on because the Bengals kept pace. Like, yeah, that's what I'm going here, is, like, do the footballs keep pace like the Bengals did because the Browns' defense isn't any good? Well, that comes down to Haskins, who Haskins has pretty much been like the Ryan Tannehill without the touchdowns. It's like low volume, less efficient. Tyler McLaurin is the only guy. So, do they keep pace? I don't know if they have the firepower to keep pace. And I'm not talking about another 30 plus points, but even, I mean, even this team getting 20 plus is, feels like a good week for them. So, I understand that. Again, we're nitpicking here. I'm just saying if somebody picks up Mike Davis and has the choice, I, I think the biggest one that I'm coming down to here is. You could probably have the conversation on your team right now. Like a lot of teams probably have Edwards Hilaire, probably have Chubb, and don't even have Davis, probably aren't number one in the waiver priority, probably aren't stressing Mike Davis. But the James Conner, Mike Davis situation, I'm still going Connor. They went right back to him. Mike Tomlin proved again it's James Conner. Every time he's healthy, he is the guy. So I would I would trust James Connor more. I agree with you in the passing game, but I'd I would just trust James Conner more.
1: Okay, I'm going to keep Davis at number 10. I do like Davis, but maybe I should move up Clyde Edwards-Solaire. I don't know. But Josh Jacobs is someone I want to talk about for a second. Uh it's funny, when I faded him on DraftKings in week one, the whole point was, well, he needs at least two touchdowns to really burn me here if my other guys perform where they should. He, he scored three touchdowns. What I really should have done, and he wasn't on the main slate, obviously, was faded him in week two, because everything I needed from him in week one, he did in week two. He piled up 25 <laughs> carries, like didn't break 100 yards, only had three receptions. Like It wasn't a very good fantasy game. Now- if he ends up getting two of those touches from the one and gets in, it's a fantastic game. So the opportunity is going to be there, but it's just sometimes weird how that kind of variance ends up working. It's like people are talking about like trading Derrick Henry this week because he like had a bad game against jacksonville like he still had 84 yards on 25 carries like that's the important number yeah the 25 carries and it just so happened jacksonville sold out to stop him and didn't bother to cover anyone in the passing game so if that's going to be the case yeah it's going to hurt his value i wouldn't expect that every single time by uh, teams just leaving receivers open in the end zone uh, or just being like yeah johnny smith and just let him run he can't catch like maybe they'll figure <laughs> out that he can catch that's something that can happen but with jacobs even against carolina the very perceived like worst run defense in the league not a very high yards per carry also not a very high yards per carry against the saints either like he's not breaking off big ones he's just getting a lot of volume right now
2: yeah i think but that's the the appeal is similar to what you just mentioned with derrick henry is he's derrick henry with some receiving game value and honestly like i know this doesn't matter because it didn't matter and the end of things cause he didn't get the touchdown, but he kind of actually did get that touchdown cause he was laying on the yeah. defender when he fumbled it and reached over. But that being said, you know, that went, doesn't matter. Didn't happen. Essentially. Nobody's going to remember it in history. Uh, but I don't have no problem with Jacobs. Uh, like the Derrick Henry, I love too, is, as you said, I would go try and buy low right now with people panicking against the Vikings defense, which trades new we talked about it last week it's a new system and it's new players and they haven't been able to do anything yet and Barkley's barking that's something so uh, <laughs> she's she's upset about the Minnesota Vikings defense uh Derrick Henry is is a great option here uh, the vikings defense looks piss poor so far. Barkley.
1: Barkley is going nuts back that doesn't doesn't like this about uh maybe josh jacob shouldn't be compared to derrick henry in the sense the reason i compare them it just it seems like a lot of volume just chase the volume and you're going to be good the touchdowns are going to follow but you're gonna have weeks where these guys don't score touchdowns like it's not the end of the world it's like all the julio people that are losing their minds it's like it's all right like Not every single player is going to have 16 good games. If you can get, like, 12 really good games out of any player, like, they're a top-10 pick, basically. Isn't that what we're looking for?
2: That's what I said about Austin Eckler after week one. If you told me 20 touches for Austin Eckler, which he got again, and everybody's panicking about Austin Eckler because Josh Kelly got involved, like, okay, so Austin Eckler's a fringe RB1. So what? Like, you just to what your point is, Everybody's not going to be Christian McCaffrey who's now hurt and not everybody's going to be Ezekiel Elliott there's a reason these are the top 4 or 5 picks there's a reason these guys are so few and far between enjoy what you get like everybody let's look at the opposite pat everybody's losing their damn minds and like throwing their pants in the air for Aaron Jones Aaron Jones is the Amari Cooper of running backs yes he just scores a billion touchdowns but now it'll be like 3 weeks of single digit points until he does it again
1: yeah, and it's funny that it went back to the splits from last year. One of the reasons that I was dead on Aaron Jones coming to the year because it was the return of Devontae Adams. And when Devontae Adams was healthy last season, Aaron Jones didn't, didn't have the games that he was posting. Like, the reason that you would draft him as a top 10 running back was when Devontae Adams was out. What happens here? Devontae Adams gets hurt. Aaron Jones goes off. So if Devontae Adams comes back healthy against the Saints, like, listen, I, I do think that, Aaron Jones is a fantastic play this week, but it wouldn't super stun me if it went back and it's like, oh, it's all Devontae Adams again. Like, this is what we've seen happen over the past two years.
2: Yeah, if Devontae Adams is 100%, I think that's part of the reason, too, is that even before he came out, he looked to be, yeah, less than 100%. Um,
1: I will push back on Eckler, though. Like, I'm not feeling Eckler at all. Uh, it's really troubling to me. Now I think that having Herbert is in the game is much better for him, as we saw for even even Kelly as well in his receiving game prowess, which isn't great by any means. But I have Austin Eckler at fifteen, like a mid tier number two here. But I do worry that like when they do get in close inside the five yard line, like Eckler doesn't have a touch yet in that sense, and Joshua Kelly's primarily the one on the field, and if it is Herbert, Herbert also not afraid to call his own number from in close, too, so I just worry about his overall upside. I think that his floor is going to be very stable, but he might have to do it himself from longer out, which is somewhat problematic from time to time. You want to get a few of those easy scores along the way.
2: Yeah, but he had three rushing touchdowns last year, eight receiving. I think the eight receiving was a little bit high to expect anyway, but again, I said fringe RB1, so you have him, Three spots from being an RB1. My entire point about Austin Eckler was everybody's complaining about him. So I'll go buy a low, similar to Derrick Henry. Like, again, I don't care if he never gets a rushing touchdown this year. I mean, obviously that would hurt, but 20 touches per week. I want any running back that's getting 20 touches per week. I want Joe Mixon. I know it's annoying when Giovanni Bernard is in there in two minute mornings or two minute, I should say, offense. Um, but the fact is, is like 20 touches per week is 20 touches per week he's going to probably finish as a top 15 almost every single week if you're going to get 20 touches and that's i'd just rather take that safety than chasing like you don't you don't have him in front of him but i'd rather do that then chase Jarek McKinnon hoping that you know he's going to get enough volume when you're going to get 20 guaranteed touches
1: yeah I think that's sort of the cutoff this week like I have the James like James Robinson is locked into touches like you can't convince me otherwise until it actually happens and he's playing Miami so I really like this matchup then Eckler then Mixon then Drake like Eckler Mixon and Drake are all a part of these like weird top end committees but I like the matchup for Eckler this week against Carolina like their run defense is not great uh, so he should be able to kind of run hog wild here I worry about the Kelly not necessarily usurping his role, but taking away the valuable touches from him. Same as Mixon. And just with Drake, like, you know, Kyler Murray's turning a bit into Josh Alleny a little bit, where he's stealing the touchdowns from the running backs.
2: And that just overall. Yeah, but it is the Lions.
1: It, it is the Lions, but Chase Edmonds is going to be involved as well. Like, but Drake is almost in the Eckler category right now. He's getting his like 16 to 20 touches every single week. He just hasn't done what you want with them yet. And eventually that's going to come around if you keep getting this sort of opportunity. I do think there's a line of demarcation after Drake into McKinnon, because I really don't know about McKinnon, but I have no Coleman ranked. I have no Colonel Mostart ranked. So it's going to be McKinnon. It's going to be Jeff Wilson. And I guess uh, Jamichael Hasty might get promoted from the practice squad. I don't know what's going on there, but I have him ranked <laughs> at 18, Jarek at this point. But like, if he had a really bad game, like, uh, again, like I don't want to say... I don't want to play both sides of this. Like, I would play Jarek if I had him. I, I haven't ranked at number 18. Obviously, I like him, but right. there does seem to be considerable downside with him, too.
2: There is. And did you just compare running backs to the Atlantic Ocean?
1: You say to the Atlantic Ocean?
2: Yeah. Yes. The line of demarcation? Yes. Okay. This is a first. <laughs> I've never heard somebody break off running back rankings with the line of demarcation.
1: Well, I mean, you usually only do this with me every day. I'm I'm reading like atlases to my child. So, uh, so he can get a head up on geography. Uh,
2: So, everything's (laughs) fresh.
1: Everything's fresh in my mind right now. But, like Jarek over Kareem Hunt, I think Kareem Hunt probably has a better floor, but I would take that upside shot on Jarek.
2: I would too. And I mean, you could argue there's a lot of guys, but like Ty Gurley has a floor. David Johnson has a floor. Melvin Gordon has a floor. But, yeah. I think the only one we can get in a discussion about, and I'm sure you're about to talk about it, is the Leonard Fournette situation.
1: I, I don't know what to do with that. Like Just straight up, like I'm throwing <laughs> my hands in the air. like I don't know. I I, I have him at number 23.
2: Right. And I'll, look, this is one of those situations where you don't have to, but if it's my team and I'm doing it personally, I'll take it on the chin by putting Leonard Fournette higher. I would play Leonard Fournette over Todd Gurley at this point because – at least from my view and I think a lot of people's view and again you don't have to agree but Bruce Arians was looking for a reason to pull Ronald Jones that fumble wasn't 100% his fault yet they blamed it on Ronald Jones said it was all his fault and then from that point on in the game five touches for Ronald Jones 14 for Leonard Fournette he was he was waiting to yank him from the roll I think this is Leonard Fournette's backfield again I'm not saying I 100% trust Arians, like just the proof is the entire time he kept saying Ronald Jones was the guy, but I feel like we kind of always felt like he wasn't telling the truth and now this is the evidence that he was waiting for it. So with how poor Todd Gurley has looked in that backfield and not getting the passing game work, I would put Leonard Fournette all the way up at 20. Again, it's only three spots, but I'll take it if he's in my lineup. I'll take it if Arians kills me.
1: All right, so 21 to 30, I got David Johnson against the Steelers. Like, David Johnson played 95% of the snaps. Yes, Duke Johnson will be yeah, back it's this the Steelers. week. It's a, it's a really bad matchup, but this is a great time. Like, if you want to go buy David Johnson this week or after next week, if he's going to continue to play this percentage of the snaps and he's healthy, he's going to be very good in the upcoming weeks. Because after the Steelers, he goes Vikings, Jags, Titans, Packers, jags uh and if you're going to be getting your like 25 touches a game some in the passing game and playing over 90 percent of the snaps that's going to directly result into fantasy points And i'm not even a david johnson supporter but that's a really nice stretch uh and just the value on him after two really tough matchups in a row is tough melvin gordon against like the toughest run d but ah, pff, stupid melvin gordon i hate him so much <laughs> i just wish philip Lindsay would come back but he's like the guy there now and, and Dr- what if
2: Bortles is that quarterback
0: <laughs> if Bortles isn't
1: but driscoll's playing quarterback come on
2: uh, just uh, yeah, just for fun of it.
1: Uh, but he's another one of the guys that's just going to get all the touches. So that's why I have him ranked over Fournette. My pushback on Fournette is the reason that I don't know is because this is still, like, we talk as much about Ronald Jones as we want. LaShawn McCoy is still getting involved in this backfield for reasons unknown, but he's out there and he's catching passes. Like all of these guys are just taken away from the bottom line of Fournette that if he's not scoring the touchdown, I don't really know what else he's doing.
2: Mm, uh, again I'm okay with it I'm not really that concerned about LaShawn McCoy but look I understand I already gave my case all right so I have
1: Deion Lewis at number 25 right after this I can see this ranking changing throughout the week once we get more information but if he's going to be the guy Montgomery you would play Montgomery over him against Atlanta. I just think this is going to be a very pass-happy game. Uh, when we get to my defense okay. rankings, you're going to see a very surprised number one defense this week. But I know that he was used – I mean, he, a, he had a receiving touchdown uh, last week. But at the same time, they're still yeah, using – they
2: gave co- Cohen a contract, and what, do you have one target yeah. in that
1: game? so I would think that would change. Like Cohen, I'm not necessarily even saying it's Cohen to be used in the passing game if they're playing catch-up. But one of the reasons that Montgomery was on the field – and he left for a while, too, because he had a head injury, came back in the game. But they were up. That entire game, that's going to lead to David Montgomery scripts. And now if they're underdogs in this game in Atlanta. You would expect Atlanta to be scoring some points here. That I think you're going to see some more Cordero Patterson, some more Tariq Cohen over the passing game usage that David Montgomery got. So that's my hesitation. I have him as a low end number two of flex play. Like I think he's fine, but I don't know, it, 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 this game could smell of six points for him, too. Like if he has no catches, it could hey. just be like 14 carries for 60 yards and that's it.
2: Yeah, look, I I get the downside argument. I'll argue back for him is that he's looked good through two games. I know they could go any which way with them in that backfield with Tariq Cohen. But Tariq Cohen, I don't know why they gave him the contract. Like After last year, I think you just stick with David Montgomery. So I understand it. But, you know, what if they're down? Let's let's go to the argument. What if they're down 21-0 right out of the gate? Do you really think it's going to be like all Tariq Cohen? He's proven that he can't do that.
1: Uh, I don't think it's going to be all Tariq Cohen. I think you will see more Cordero Patterson line up in the backfield.
2: All right. Well, yeah, a little bit with that. I still feel better about Dave Montgomery than trying to figure out if it's going to be Dion Lewis or Wayne Gallman, uh, Antonio Gibson, you know, I love him as a talent, but I still think it's going to be like, I wouldn't be surprised once Bryce love is ready, if he starts getting in the mix, because I just don't think they want Antonio Gibson to start touching the ball 15 plus times a game, just similar to like an Eckler before this year type of situation. So, again, nitpicking, but I feel better about Montgomery versus Gibson and Lewis, though. Again, like, we're talking, we're splitting hairs again. It just... I, I, my job is to try and tell you where I disagree a little bit. And I like know, small Jake, disagreements.
1: Jake. You don't need to explain
2: to me why you're pushing back. My no, no, no. My no, no. refs are terrible. Listening. Everyone it's, knows it's this. Small disagreements. It's uh, small disagreements.
1: After that, I have Josh Kelly, Miles Gaskin, DeAndre Swift, and Naheem Hines at number 30. I actually think Naheem Hines is one of the best buy low candidates on the board, but you might just wait till people drop him after waivers and you can go pick him up. I don't love this spot against the Jets just because I think that anytime that the Colts end up blowing teams out or getting up by a bunch, it's just going to be a heavy dose of Jonathan Taylor uh so this week might not be the week for him but more competitive games he's going to go back to what you saw in week one not the two touchdowns but his involvement in the passing game and playing like 40 percent of the snaps the only reason jordan wilkins got so involved last week is because they were winning by so much uh don't expect that every right. single week so i think that he can luck box his way into like four five six catches i think the floor is still pretty good for naheem hines not every single week but in this game against a notoriously bad pass defense i think you can play him same thing with deandre swift like Yes, on. got the touchdown last week. Swift's playing the snaps. Swift's being used in the passing game. If they get down, and it's not like the Cardinals aren't running a really high pace of play. They are. So you can expect to see more offensive plays, at least presumably, from the Lions this week, which just means a lot of him on the field getting the valuable touches, meaning he's going to get a lot of receptions if they're playing from behind. They're massive underdogs uh, against the Cardinals. So I like him. With, With the... Kelly thing, uh, Kelly, I, again, I have higher rank because of these red zone touches, and I think that he can get, like, 12 to 15 carries in this game against Carolina, and that's just very valuable.
2: It is, and I think that the usage for Kelly, just in general, in matchups like this, feels better. You know, he had more carries to begin with last week, and that was against a much better team and a much better offense, so I think that might have just been the number of snaps that they had in general. But I don't mind this ranking, even though, you know, well, I mean, who who are you going to push in front of them? Everybody behind them is in split situations, so I have no problem with them being there.
1: Yeah, and not even split situations. At least the split situation with Eckler and Kelly seems to be rather defined. Like, Eckler plays when they're at this point of the field. Kelly plays when they're at this point of the field, but they're both going to get carries as the game goes along. When we get to 31 to 40, like, it's just unknown situations of, it could be any random week, any random score, anywhere on the field, like different guys are on the field, and which is smart. From a real-life perspective, to keep you know the defenses on their toes, to b- keep other teams guessing, but from a fantasy perspective, it's a fucking headache. Uh, 31, J.K. Dobbins <laughs> against the Chief. Mark Ingram has been guest-ranked at number 32. Daryl Henderson, Devin Singletary, Malcolm Brown, Zach Moss. Like all these guys are on the same fucking teams. Tariq Cohen, <laughs> Sex Rex, uh, Jeff Wilson Jr., who I really do think is going to steal a touchdown, uh, and Sony Michelle, like... Shelly Michelle sucks, and Cam is now stealing all of his touchdowns, so that's not great. But with the Ravens' backfield, like if Gus Edwards had the most touches in this backfield this week, yeah, that that could definitely happen. He played 31% last week. Uh, Lucifer himself played in the 40s. Like Edwards and Dobbins played the same amount of snaps last week. Like that's just not good news for anyone.
2: No, but Edwards was all mop up duty. So that's really what it comes down to. So, like, it, the thing is, is where you have them, though, Dobbins and guest rank. Like, I'm not even going to complain. I thought Ingram would be a slightly higher guest rank after what he did last week because Dobbins didn't see a lot of work until the second half. And in addition to it, and then Gus Edwards, as I mentioned, got all of it essentially in the fourth quarter. So I'm not worried about Gus Edwards, but I think where we have him, this is going to be the situation going forward, is Dobbins or Ingram week. The interesting thing was that Dobbins got nothing until the second half. So we could listen to the team. We could see what happens. And you can try and play it every single week. Or you could just try and sell high on Mark Ingram right now and get the hell away from it. Or people are still excited about Dobbins. Go sell him, too. You should have stayed away from this backfield as as much as possible. Think Burkhead is going to do anything here? the
1: Raiders, like, surprisingly okay. Their defense is horrendous, but I feel like they get no pressure. It's really weird. So does that mean James James
2: White doesn't return?
1: If Yeah, if James and these rankings don't have James White in them.
2: Right. That's why I was yeah, saying, yeah, that's a fair spot. But, I mean, that's where you want him, is in that Jeff Wilson stealing a touchdown, Terre Cohen being used more this week because the Falcons play catch-up or playing catch-up against the Falcons. Uh, you know what? The Zach Moss actually would be the one that would slide back behind these guys because the concern with Zach Moss, and you talked about last week for the matchup, it was that, hey, if they have a lead, he'll be the guy but he wasn't even really much the guy even when it was tied. It was Singletary, and then he's not getting used in the passing game much at all either. So you put all that together against the Rams, who are stout, not one of the worst matchups in the league, but decent against the run, which seems like a Singletary game because I don't expect them to have the lead. So that feels like Zach Moss might just be left out again this week. Potentially. I mean,
1: the Bills are favored in that game. They're expected to win, at least by Vegas. by, Whoa, more, by more. they're than favored? The yeah, they're favored by three and a half points, I believe. Really? Paul, what's the spread in that game?
2: No, I'm asking. Oh, you asked Paul.
1: I yeah. think it's down to two. It's down the to two. They are favored in the game, though.
2: That's just shocking to me. Like, I like the Bills, but wow. Yeah, Bills that, at that home. West,
1: West Coast team coming east for an early game. And the Bills have looked really good, despite the uh, so play okay, yeah. absolute so cupcakes They're here. Home- the
2: no, I was thinking. I was thinking this was in Los Angeles. So like, so three points is home field advantage. So they're technically, if it's down to two, they're technically in a neutral field down by one. Well, I so, mean, every okay, field, but every right.
1: but every field's a neutral field now.
2: It is, but I'm saying, doesn't Vegas bake? It's usually average three points for home field advantage. Like I think average.
1: it's kind of. That's just more like narrative talk than actually what happens. <laughs>
2: Is that like is is that a baseball unwritten rule?
1: Yeah, a little bit. I mean, if they're like, <laughs> there are certain home crowds, and the Bills would be a home crowd that would give you a, a point, point and a half advantage on the spread. But wait, wait are they no a fans. home
2: crowd? Or are they just a parking lot crowd?
1: No, they're a great home crowd. I mean, I, I've been to the tailgate, okay. and been to Bills games. get I mean, okay. it is fired up in there. <laughs>
2: I just wasn't sure if it was, like, parking lot only. I wasn't sure if, like, even 20% of those people never even make it in the stadium.
1: Uh, they don't make it into the stadium, but, you know, most people do. They're just <laughs> not allowed in because they're too drunk.
2: <laughs>
1: Fun party, though. I'll go give them that. Uh, any Broke other too
2: many tables. <laughs> yeah.
1: Any other running backs you want to talk about from down here? Like, if we get more word on the Gulman situation with Lewis or if Rod Smith is active, like, I'll change those guys up, but I don't yeah. really see anyone else down here.
2: No, nah, there's not really much else down here to even mess around with. I mean, like the Dolphin the, the situation. I said, if you want to go Gaskin in the waiver column, that's fine, but I would avoid this at all costs. I mean, wonderful Jordan Howard is five carries for four yards and a touchdown. Woo, yay. But, you know, that's there's nothing really down here. Like Chris Thompson is pretty, pretty much left out unless they're passing a lot. And even then, it's all wide receivers. I think this is just, just telling that we're in week three and you already get down to the 40s and it's like, ugh.
1: Yeah, well, injuries, man. It'll it'll get you. Injuries and committees never fun. Wide receiver rankings for week three, half point PPR. Likely in, I have Devonte Adams, Will Fuller, DJ Chark, Chris Godwin, and Kenny Galladay. Likely out, I have Michael Thomas, Sterling Shepard, Sammy Watkins, Brashad Perriman, Chris Hogan, Jamison Crowder. So all the Jets, AJ Brown and Alshon Jeffrey out. For sure, as we kind of know right now, Paris Campbell and Cortland Sutton, leading to the rankings, DeAndre Hopkins, number one, I have DeAndre or De- Devonte adams as playing so i put him in the rankings he's number two Allen robinson is about to go bananas at some point so i'm just gonna say this is the week when they have to <laughs> throw a ton uh, number three lockett godwin dk metcalf julio mike evans calvin ridley tyreek hill into my guy high t scoring mclaurin jules edelman keenan allen that's assuming herbert is playing by the way and not tyrod Tyler Boyd, Amari Cooper, Kenny Galladay, Adam Thielen, Juju, Marquise Brown, DJ Moore at number 20. Can you make the case for me, because I was thinking about doing this,
2: that Deontay Johnson should be higher than Juju?
0: Mm,
2: You can certainly make the case he's getting the volume over Juju Smith-Schuster. So I haven't yet done my rankings, so I haven't looked at the the matchups for the Houston Texans secondary. I think that might come into play going forward because the big thing, look, here's what we know. Juju Smith-Schuster, like Michael Thomas, like other kind of guys, Keenan Allen, the big slot. That means not outside all the time, and not every corner drops down and will play that position. So. Deontay Johnson plays outside if he gets some more slot work. Actually, I don't even know if the slots percentages for Juju Smith-Schuster pull that up, too. But those, these are I say all that I don't know the answer right now. Like These are the things you look into for Deontay Johnson right now. He's getting the volume and you can make the case. But before I do my rankings for week three, like these are the kind of things I would look at to see who would get the more projected target volume. Well, just looking I'm at it right. To, I'm pulling it up right now.
1: Well, just looking at it right now uh, on ftnfantasy.com. This is a free tool you can go under uh, if you want to go check that out again at ftnfantasy.com. It's the air yards tool, so it has a bunch of different things that you can go separate. One of them is the whopper, which is the weighted average that incorporates a player's share of team targets and share of team's air yards into one percentage. Deontay Johnson is currently ninth in the league with over 69% uh, of the targets and air yard share of the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's an incredible amount like the other guys in that category if we just go from like one down to Deontay Johnson is Edelman Hopkins Crowder Thielen Devontae Adams Amari Cooper Odell Allen Robinson DJ Moore and Deontay Johnson it's a pretty good company to be in
2: It certainly is then I just pulled it up while I was looking uh 13.9 percent slot for Deontay Johnson um, significantly higher 90 90- oh, wait let me go back to it Juju Smith-Schuster 72 percent in the slot so like I said, where I would go next is looking at the Houston matchup and seeing who plays the slot most. And so you got Bradley Roby outside who just did a really good job. Hargraves outside and Eric Murray plays the slot. Eric Murray is kind of there. So it would feel like Juju might have a better chance this week. Or Roby did a really good job last week. So that'd be my concern there. But these are the things because it's so close. These are the things, in addition to what you just said on FTN, these are the kind of things I'll incorporate to all of them. Is Deontay's got an enormous volume opportunity from the stats you brought up, but then also at the same time, you look at the matchup and I'm to put all that together. So I think they'll be very close. And if you want to put Deontay first, I'm not going to say you're crazy.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I have Juju over him right now. For reference, I have Deontay Johnson at number 25. But if you I want mean. to flip it, if I you, think if they if you be want, closer. yeah, if you want, I mean, I. I have guys in the middle I like a little bit more. But if I was to flip it, I would put Johnson 18 and Juju drop behind the pack. I mean, they can both have really good games. We saw that on you know, the opening Monday night. But it feels like it's, one is going to have a lean over the other, especially when it comes down to touchdowns.
2: Can, can, can we circle back to one thing, though? You kind of did. You said it without saying it. You basically said, which, you know, I hate this argument. You, just, you said Allen Robinson was due without saying Allen Robinson was
1: due he is due like I, I mean if we talk about due <laughs> in no a No such thing i mean there's due in a perspective <laughs> of what was it what has been his opportunity so far versus results that's one of the great things about ariards when you look the at the regression it's not necessarily regression it's just what is the opportunity and maybe the opportunity isn't as much as the stats make it out to be but I just look at the opportunity from his own team he's obviously leading in targets uh, he has 27 through two games only 13 receptions for 181 right. yards for Allen Robinson this is going to be the primo matchup that he gets solely because Atlanta's gonna score points on the Bears at least I project them to score a lot of points on the Bears which means Mitch Trubisky is going to have to drop back and pass like 40 to 50 times in this game and if that's going to be the case they're not throwing to Anthony Miller anymore like when you just look at the overall I mentioned that the you know the 69 percent air yards plus targets for the team share for Deontay Johnson Allen Robinson's at over 71 percent like through volume alone that's why I say that he's due like these unrealized opportunities that he has should really come to fruition this week everything's kind of pointing that way
2: Right. So, yeah. OK, so positive regression, if people want to throw, even though regression means both. But yeah, I just I it's a personal thing. I just hate it's due. That's like the people in baseball like he's over 30. He's due for hit. No, he's not. Every single hits a different adventure by itself. No, disagree. So 21 to
1: 30, Robert Woods, he's due. <laughs> Devontae Parker, 22, he's due against Jacksonville dj chark definitely do he's a number 23 cooper cup i don't know if he's due or not but he could be due so he's a number 24 <laughs> deontay johnson Stephen diggs jervis landry Corey davis michael gallup and marv jones against the cardinals the funny thing about marvin is jones, he due all oh, right he's <laughs> down, no he, he was due last week that's why he got the touchdown after week one uh but marvin jones's target share air yards anything doesn't change whether galladay's in or out it's really weird
2: it's all the same and actually it was a little bit concerning i know we're not talking tight ends is the fact that tj hawkinson's only getting like 13 14 of the targets without galladay like i i understand why stafford loves throwing to cephas and marvin hall and all anybody else in this team besides like his best weapons it kind of feels a little drew Brees like
1: yeah well i mean non-noodle arm drew Brees, but i get your point <laughs>
2: exactly well to go with that includes marvin jones it's like he just doesn't it's not like any given week he's gonna be like yep this guy is the best he's just obliterating the defense i'm gonna give him 25 targets like that's just he's gonna throw it around to everybody no matter what you worried about dj
1: cherk at all because this is the lowest i've had him ranked all year and i'm like over the moon on dj cherk i have not like every single team but this is a especially with byron jones out i think this is a really good matchup but you're seeing that Jacksonville, not afraid to use, like, five different receivers at this point. The target share for DJ Charks is only around, like, 19% right now.
2: So it's funny you said that. Uh, I was looking at this for the waiver column. You know they're the only team that's run five wide? Oh, no, wait, no, that's the Bills. The Bills are the only team that – yeah, the Bills are the only team – or it's the Bengals. I don't know. It's one of the B teams. It, no, it, Jaguars it, it, run a ton.
1: It's the Bills because they, they keep using number 13, whose name I've now learned twice and completely forgotten twice. But they also <laughs> use him as a Wildcat quarterback, Davis. too. Yeah, Dan.
2: Davis. He's real sneaky. Um, <laughs> So a lot of four wide for uh, them. But in any case, so I wrote this up in the waiver column. Chark has 61 routes run, Cole's 51, and Chenault's 41. The problem is so far is what we're seeing is the target percentage is 18.5 for Cole and only 10.9 for Chark. Here's where I have a problem with it. This isn't going to be sustainable for Cole because it's all after the catch. He's averaging 5.5 air yards per target. He's doing a ton after the catch, and kudos to Cole for doing it, you know, some wide receivers are really good at it, but Cole's not that good. Chark is still a great number one NFL wide receiver. He's getting defensive attention even more than he was last year. It'll come around. I think it's just the fact that Cole is doing so well. It's doubling the concern that Chark has started off slow. But again, in week one, Chark offset his slow day with a touchdown. And that's what we want for our top 15, 20 tu- uh, wide receivers. If you get a touchdown to offset your bad day, yay. You know, like everybody's like Julio Jones. Not, I'm not saying DJ Chark is Julio Jones, but reasonable people aren't panicking about Julio Jones for one down week.
1: Yeah, and the down week is he dropped a touchdown. Like he catches that touchdown for 50 yards. All of a sudden he has a smash day.
2: You know who else dropped the touchdown? Friggin' Scotty Miller in my DK lineup. you bastard.
1: That's what you get for using Scotty Miller. Give your head a shake on that one. Scotty Miller. You could have used if, Deontay if Johnson. You didn't for, drop
2: the touchdown. You could have got Deontay Johnson
1: for $400 more.
2: I had Deontay Johnson too. That's the only reason I guess. Oh, the
1: du- Oh, the double pay down. There we go. Uh, <laughs> Diggs, I feel like, is probably too low, but I'm just worried about these matchups uh, that eventually it's going to kind of catch up to him, but. I worried about him against Byron Jones last week. Okay, but then Byron Jones is walking off the field after five minutes. and All of a sudden, Diggs goes crazy. Uh, Diggs is really good. Like, re- like, I, uh, Diggs well, is a better real-life no. player than a fantasy player, I think. So and he's, and he's been a good cons- fantasy player. Here's,
2: here's two things. One is a good concern, and one is not a good concern. So Jalen Ramsey, if he's on him. Jalen Ramsey, by the way, zero receptions last week. And I don't even know if they had like many targets going his way, but he had zero receptions against them last week. And if Jalen Ramsey's is on digs, that's a major concern on the flip side, you know, when we did our preseason shows is I said that Josh Allen for fancy purposes for digs, for John Brown, for himself, if he's not running for nine touchdowns, has to take a big step forward to the passing game. And I said to you, I can see him making a 10 to 20% leap. He's taken like a 50% leap. And granted, it was too, it's too poor. I texted my buddy about this and he pushed back and he was like, well, it's been the dolphins and the jets. How about just beat who you're going to beat?" And let's talk about the fact that Josh Allen is throwing for 300 yards and looks terrific so far. I know this is a very different matchup than what he's seen so far, but let's give a little credit to what Josh Allen has stepped forward and done this year.
1: I completely agree. It wasn't me. You didn't need to sell me on, Josh Allen. And, but I don't think anyone saw this leap. Actually,
2: there's a lot of Josh no. Allen
1: MVP tickets out there, but I don't think this is the way they thought he would be doing it. No, that was
2: odds-based. <laughs> but, th-
1: but this has been really, like, it's, and it's been great for both John Brown and him. Um, but I don't know. Something worries me about this just a that's little the, bit. That's
2: the thing. I was... I was more on John Brown because I said John Brown's going to be able to feast on number two corners. I wasn't expecting Diggs to see this kind of—I thought Diggs uh, and—like, I'll be honest. At the beginning of the year, I thought Diggs and John Brown were going to finish very close to each other at the end of the year. We have a
1: Diggs bet. I really should have written all these down. I forget all of our bets at this point. But Cam Newton being the leading rusher on the Patriots, I might win that one.
2: (laughs) We agreed on that one. Oh, yeah,
1: that's right. I bet that against someone else. (laughs) See, this is the problem. The only one I vividly remember is my (laughs) Cardinals versus Lions bet against— Cust and they're playing this week which is really fun so that could be a uh, big well factor. i mean
2: that's you remember all the cussed ones who did he, he he killed somebody in line was it paris campbell paris campbell
1: yeah su- super sleeper of the week paris campbell out <laughs> forever uh 31 <laughs> to 31 to 40 I got Traquan, robbie anderson that one i can be I'm, the more i think about it the lower he should probably be at this point against those two good corners but <laughs> cd lamb alan lazard
2: because you just mentioned Traquan. i remember your tweet from last night with, with tim where he was like i told you i was drafting emmanuel sanders
1: yeah there you go i no, the tweet was the tim text was you all laughed at me when i when i drafted emmanuel sanders who's laughing now and he just he had nothing Good one catch.
2: <laughs> you are still. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, continue. The Traquan thing made me remember that because, you know, I was very high on Trey. I won that bet with everybody last week. How about that?
1: Yeah. So treyquan Robbie Anderson, C.D. Lamb, Alan Lazard, Golden Tate against the Niners. Uh, with no Shepard, it's looking more like Tate's going to be the one who's going to have the safest floor at least every week. Even though the Niners are still banged up, still a pretty tough matchup uh, for Slayton. Slayton's fine. I have him at 44. But mm. Hilt, uh, Golden Tate, T.Y. Hilton, Brennan Cooks, Odell, John Brown, Deshaun Jackson, AJ Green, I have at 40 and 41. Then you have Russell Gage, Jerry Judy, Slayton, Michael Pittman, Preston Williams, Marquez Veldez, Scantling, Will Fuller, and Nikhil Harry, Mike Williams. The two guys, so there are three guys, and this is probably more of a DraftKings thing than like your season long because you're looking for consistency in season long. But for GPPs this week on DraftKings, T.Y. Hilton, Deshaun Jackson and A.J. Green are just three guys that no one wants to play. But if you go look at the unrealized air yards, everyone's just talking about how A.J. Green is washed up. He's second in the league in air yards right now. I don't know if he's going to get slayed or not this week, but the Phillies' defense just doesn't look very good. Deshaun Jackson has almost 500 air yards this year and 156 receiving yards. The Bengals' defense, not good. I could see him going crazy in this game. Not banking on him going crazy, but I could see this being a very high upside game for Deshaun. On. Same
2: as T.Y. Hilton. <laughs> that sounded like you were going to keep going. No. I, I don't disagree. I don't disagree with anything you just said. Uh, the one I went mm, on, it was the Golden Tate with Darius Slayton. I would include Darius Slayton in this mix, and I actually feel better about Darius Slayton because the one thing so far, and maybe it's because still no Sherman, but the 49ers are giving up a lot of big plays to speedy downfield wide receivers. And it's Darius Slayton who plays that. And Darius Slayton is the only Player on the Giants who's even averaging double digit air yards per target. So I would play Slayton before I play Tate, although I agree Tate has a terrific floor. Uh, I'm playing Slayton, and for all those names that you just mentioned on DK, I could i'll have a hell of a lot of fun i'll just pick all four of those as my four wide receivers and throw one of them in the flex although on dk the running backs usually end up paying off better than wide receivers but i like slayton a lot this week
1: but you're gonna have a big savings you know what you sold me i'm gonna switch slayton and tate so slayton now number 35 tate number 44 in Mm. the rankings how do you feel about michael pittman has the
2: better floor i agree with you though yeah
1: yeah, no how do you feel about michael pittman i'm kind of i'm I'm digging the colts this week just because it's against the jets
2: so, well, that's one of the things. But what if the Colts are up early and it's just Jonathan Taylor just all day long? But uh, the, but, Pittman, but but, but the here's the thing. thing: they
1: have to get up early at some point. That's, I mean, I use that argument sometimes too. But at some point, you're gonna like, hey, they're probably gonna make a player or two against this terrible pass right. defense.
2: Right. But. I know I don't disagree, but you could do it without Pittman being even involved. I mean, you could have a Taylor touchdown. You could have a Hilton, as you just mentioned, in a great spot. and has had great opportunities. He had a catch that he should have caught last week. Uh, you could do Mo Cox or Jack Doyle if he's back. There's just a lot of options here where it's probably two or three guys before you get to Pittman. What I was going to say in agreement with you of the good side of Pittman is that essentially in his first real starting to get into this mix of the offense with no Paris Campbell when he came out of that game, Already stepped past Pascal, and Pascal became number three. So Pittman has already seen the opportunities as the number two. It was only Paris Campbell holding him back, evidenced in that game. So Paris or Michael Pittman, I feel, is a good play. I just this week against the Jets, it could definitely happen in one play. He could be one of the first touchdowns. I would just feel better if it was Pittman in kind of more of a shootout type of situation.
1: Sure, I mean that's the reason he's down at number forty-five in the rankings too. Like, right. I don't have that trust built with him yet, but I can see the path to him scoring a bunch of points. Will Fuller at forty-eight this is it's a bad matchup and he's already dealing with the hamstring the the move so gonna, he's gonna
2: finish number five
1: yeah he's gonna finish that as the best receiver of the week that's how this works when no one plays him but like this is a tough this was your entire argument kind of with him uh coming into the year like now you're in this circumstance what the fuck do you do
2: <laughs> well it was yours even if a healthy fuller he wasn't he hasn't even been doing a hell of a lot in the, like that game and then got hurt on top of it so it's the Will Fuller. If you drafted him, you had to play him every single week. It was the Amari Cooper before last year. If you want Amari Cooper as your number three before last year, that's fine, because then you can afford to sit him and mix and match. Will Fuller, people who drafted him as their number two or three wide receiver this year, I'm not being like, oh, you know, whatever, haha, look at me. But that was your own fault. Like, now you have to play him every single week. And it's likely that if you have Fuller, you probably, drafting him as your number two or three, might not even have the wide receiver depth to be able to sit him. Yeah, there's probably
1: guys you can go pick up. Potentially. Like in the, that's where Maybe. I had some of the guys in this range. Like I had like, Regor at number 51. I just think this is a nice matchup against the Bengals for a lot of these Eagles guys to break out on the outside. KJ Hamler I have at 53. I think that he is past your boy, Bayshon. Uh, no Cortland Sutton. Oh, that was... But no, no Cortland Sutton. Like he's <laughs> he's going to get some work here.
2: Oh, hundred percent. He's in the waiver column. It's not even I, why well, I said, no, it was not because he hasn't passed Deshaun Hamilton. Like I, like can we get Bay Sean? Can we, I, so like, I did have two nicknames. Can we get Deshaun Hamilton on a new team because on the Broncos he's done for he's dead for it. Tim Patrick is already past Hamilton, Hamilton, Nando keeps texting me. He's like, there's a card. I saw if you're still on your boy Bay if you want to buy it, like I'm done with Deshaun Hamilton. I love the kid, but on this team, he's done for, he's one of those situations where he might be able to pop on a new team, but in, denver territory he's done the coaching staff doesn't want him is Nando collecting like football cards oh he's been, he's a, he's been a huge baseball card and memorabilia collector and he's been searching football too he's <laughs> shaking your head Let's just get a real fucking hobby uh
1: demarcus robinson 65 oh, oh. uh Mc- <laughs> you're Nicole talking Harding. to about a
2: real hobby yeah
1: <laughs> hey this is a job uh if he's, sell, if he's selling them and making tens and thousands of dollars, that's one thing. Uh, I don't know if he is or not. Uh, well, I was Demar-
2: talking about myself or behind me. So oh, yeah,
1: yeah. I, I mean, you, you go sell those too. Uh, let's see. <laughs> hey, it's part of your job. It's in the background of your set. It's set expenses. That's
2: exactly why I have it, 100%.
1: You can write those off to the government. You get your money back. You By
2: the way, number 50, Mike Williams, Tyrod Taylor. You got to move him up if Tyrod if,
1: plays. If Tyrod plays, he's going up. Keenan's going down. But this is, this. is these rankings assume Herbert's starting.
2: Right. I just wanted to give everybody context on that one.
1: Okay. Thank you. Uh, Demarcus Robinson sixty five, Nicole Hardman, number sixty six. I don't know which one it's gonna be, but it doesn't look like they're Sammy Watkins.
2: It doesn't look like they're Sammy Watkins. well, I don't know, he's not in concussion protocol yet.
1: I mean, they didn't even say he had a concussion, he just left the game with a head injury. <laughs> like
2: that's that yeah. doesn't sound and, good. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't, but it could just be like, you know, keeping things safe. It All right, well, here, Wat- here, here's, I
1: got- the, here's the thing. Let's presume Jamie uh, Wat- Watkins is not in these rankings. So can we talk about this, this situation?
2: We we can. Fine.
1: <laughs> Instead of, well, what if he does play? I don't I just, care what if he does play. I'll put him in the rankings. I wasn't seat.
2: saying what if he does play. I was just saying he wasn't in the concussion protocol. I'm, I'm pulling it up. I was looking at it right now. Oh, by the way, A.J. Brown, non-committal on it. So you can, for everybody out there, like, what if he's in there? Like, I think you're safe, assuming he's out again. But... All right. So I think that you have to move Hardman higher because of his big playability. Like, I would say Hardman over Bourne, probably maybe over Humphreys, just because Humphreys is like just what, six for 80? Maybe. I would take,
1: listen, I would take six for 80 from down here.
2: No, I know, but I said at best, like, I mean, you could also get like four for 50. I would play him over Miles Boykin in that same matchup. Are you really trusting Braxton Berrios at this point? He's the only, he
1: is the only Jets. And what do you mean, trust him? What do I have him number 63 or something?
2: No, you have him 55. 55, yeah. You're not. Where's Chris Hogan?
1: Chris Hogan's hurt.
2: Is he? I missed that one. He left that game
1: with a ribs injury. (laughs) He might play, but I, I, I have him as out as right now. He's not, apparently, he's not Cam Akers. (laughs)
2: ribs injuries uh so like if you're going this deep yeah i would put hardman higher Uh, i got pushed back in the waiver column already because i said he was droppable and people were like oh sammy Watkins." so yeah okay if sammy Watkins is out like you i'll move hardman up a hell of a lot if you want to stash him right now go right ahead Uh, the other one from down this far would be i would i would take a flyer on Chennault over a few guys in front of him again He's third in the passing game, but he's not that far behind Cole and Chark. And he's also getting like the three or four carries at the backfield. I just feel like he feels like Golden Tate for me, like just a very nice floor.
1: Yeah, I don't even know what his floor is going to be, though, because he could be passed by like Chris Conley on any given week.
2: Nah, that's that Chris Conley's done.
1: Not Chris Conley. They love Chris Conley in Jacksonville. You
2: no, know, they love him so much that he's getting 26 snaps. The next closest is Chenault at 41. He's done
1: i wouldn't say he's done he's still out there that's the problem with these jacksonville receivers they're all kind of taking away from each other it's not good quarterbacks uh this one you know is turning into there are eight guys that you start every week and then mix and match so i have jimmy g is out tyrod Mm -hmm. is out drew lock uh likely out jimmy g and tyrod officially out drew lock so number one lamar russell wilson mahomes Dak, kyler josh allen cam newton and I think those are the seven that you have to start every single week, kind of regardless of matchup. And then there's like this middle tier of you're probably going to start regardless of matchup. That's Aaron Rodgers, Minshew, Matt Ryan, Mm. 8, 9, 10, into Mitch Trubisky at number 11, Rivers at number 12, Tannehill, Fitzpatrick, (laughs) Brady, Breeze, Watson against the Steelers, Roethlisberger against the Texans, Stafford against the Cardinals, and Nick Mullins against the Giants. That would be my top 20 this week.
2: What do I got to do to get you on the train with Minshew?
1: What do you mean, what do you have to do to get me on the train with Minshew?
2: I've been saying for the first two weeks, you start him, period. And, you and, and you I've had him ranked and, in that group.
1: I've had him ranked inside the top 10 the last two weeks. I don't think he's as good but as Cam ju- Newton. Ni- I have him at number nine. I don't think he's as good as Cam Newton. Like no, no, no. I, I'm going to have, have weeks where I look at the matchup and be like, you know what? I think I'd rather start Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> like this week.
2: No, no, no. And that's what I'm saying. What do we got to do to get you into the conversation of Minshew startable no matter what? I don't know if you can. Okay. Well, I've been there. I just want you to join me. I want to see some goal line
1: rushes from him rather than just random rushes. Throughout ah, I don't hand. need
2: the goal line rushes. He's 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 the lower end rusher. He's a great passer. Well, not a great, passer. he's a very good passer who doesn't turn the ball over as much as people think he does.
1: Oh, he rarely turns the ball over. I mean, he did what once last week, but whatever. Yeah,
2: J- so Jameis, Jameis,
1: Jameis proved that throwing interceptions might actually help you as a fantasy quarterback. <laughs>
2: That's true, but he's been so uh, he's been able to do it without turning the ball over. And I'm looking right now, I'm trying to think of a you know, who he is. No, he's not. I was going to say he's last year's Kyler Murray because that's the, like the rushing is like, it's kind of like the 400, but he's throwing more. He's throwing for more touchdowns. I'm try- who's a good co- comparison. He, for rem- he
1: reminds me of when I used Tyler Thigpen to win a fantasy championship. <laughs> like actually like that. Like they're just down in these games and he's going to have to throw. And then he runs a little oh, bit. It
2: runs a little bit. I'm trying to think, but that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to compare him to somebody who runs a little bit. Anyway, I just, I just want everybody to get on board with Minshew every single week. Okay
1: um do any more to say on the the quarterbacks like yeah, people know who they're starting no. to quarterback don't yeah they? they
2: do go start Minshew. tight
1: ends <laughs> likely out i have doyle Kittle, and dawson knox who's in con- concussion protocol oh what
2: well we'll back up i want to ask you a legitimate question because i've been getting this question a lot and i think you would probably agree would you drop wentz for Minshew?
1: yeah I would have drafted me. I had Minshew ranked over once to begin with in the preseason. Okay.
2: I just want to – that's a very, very, very common question I'm getting right now, so I just wanted to bring it up for everybody.
1: Yeah, Minshew walk. Go with him. Tight ends. Doyle, Kittle, and Knox. I have his likely out, officially out. I have CJ, secret of the Uzma. Uh, Last time I can say that this year. Achilles, he's down. I missed that. Max Williams on IR2. So Tarzan, Dan Arnold, you can can probably fire up. Uh, I mean, not really, but – Max Williams. (laughs) 2X 2X Max is probably not going to be stealing carries (laughs) from the air targets from the IR. Kelsey, number one, Andrews, number two, Ertz, Henry, Waller, Goddard, Johnu, Gesicki, Mo Ali Cox. this is presuming no Jack Doyle, and T.J. Hawkinson at number 10. That's into Higby, Fant, Hurst, Logan Thomas, who still had the targets last week. He didn't score the touchdown. Jared Cook, Eric Ebron, Jordan Reed, the Sampla, Drew Sample at the Eagles, Chris Herndon, and Austin Hoop Hooperton, uh, number 20 against the Washington Footballs this week. Uh, there's a lot of guys you can just, frankly, go pick up. To be perfectly honest with you, if you want to go play them, like Gasicki and Mo Alley, Cox and Janu are still widely available. Goddard's still not like unanimously owned. Um, Logan Thomas is someone that I think you can just kind of run out there every single week. Uh, if you play in a deeper league, remember how last year you just streamed tight ends against the Cardinals and it worked out every time. Is that what the Eagles are this year? the eagles are streaming a
2: lot of people against them right now so you four touchdowns uh, of to tight ends in two games it, it, i mean it looks that way so far i mean the, and on the flip side you know these things change quickly like arizona's not the cake matchup they were last year where it was even who like unknown people are going to score against them same thing for the giants the giants do the first two games and it's mostly because the giants have been just been so susceptible to everything else it's like why do you need the tight end uh and i bring that up for the say that logan thomas against the browns i'd feel better about jordan reed against the giants even though like i just said like ebron didn't do a whole lot uh we all are talking about jimmy graham that didn't do a whole lot last week but jordan reed immediately stepped in and yes the snap count you mentioned earlier was extremely low but i would feel better about him than logan thomas but that's nitpicking here but so far to go back to your point about the eagles they do feel like somebody to go after and drew sample as soon as he took over for your secret of the uzma guy is he was involved a lot mostly because We're talking about a rookie and to play into that narrative of like they trust, they want a tight end, they can trust. But also, uh, this is something to go for the analytics based people out there. I tweeted this one out, too, is that if you look at the difference between on target and catchable passes for the layman's, and I'm not trying to talk down to the audience because I was surprised people asked me this. But the difference between on target is you hit the spot. You can be on target with a defender in front of the wide receiver. That's still on target, but that makes it uncatchable. So the difference is Joe Burrow is actually top five in throwing on target, but he's bottom five at catchable passes. That's a rookie for you. That's explaining what the difference, the struggles for the far A.J. Green are. But what makes it easier is hitting a slot guy like Boyd and hitting your tight end. So all that being said is why that I think that Drew Sample is a decent streamer.
1: Okay. Yeah. And he's what well, he's like 100% available. But the problem is, like, when you look up these other guys, like, the like I mentioned, the John Ooze, the the Gasicki's probably on competitive leagues, but like one of these guys is also probably available too.
2: Probably sitting out there. I mean, some people dropped Hayden Hurst after week one just too quickly. Uh, people, they like haven't got enough. I'm trying to see. Yeah. Mo Ali Cox is probably still out there in a whole bunch of leagues. I'm surprised that people in the waiver column were asking me if they should pick up Mike Gasicki. Like, so to your point, there's a lot of. Why there's a lot of tight ends that are out there.
1: Yeah, is basically Evan Ingram, but good.
2: Yeah, Evan Ingram just like he had the one. We talked about this before. One season, people asked, Are you concerned about Evan Ingram? I was like, Well, I kind of what I told you that going into this season is that I was. I had him as a fringe tight end one and I didn't feel good about it because his one success was no older Beckham, no Sterling Shepherd. He was essentially the number one wide receiver, similar to what we just saw last year with the Eagles and Zach Ertz and Goddard at the end of the year. So, now, maybe with no Shepard, but Golden Tate stepping into Shepard's role, I don't think that necessarily helps out Ingram a ton. So, yes, I would go get Gesicki. But here's the other thing. And I think I said it to you last week, Pat. But if it's at the tight end position and you're talking about Gesicki and Allie Cox and Hearst and all these, if you want to go chase one, go chase one. It's tight end. Like, it's, it's, I would almost just pick one and just leave it because you're going to be kind of chasing your tail. And you're going to be chasing production all year long. But if you want to go chase somebody, go ahead and do it. It's tight end. All right, we have some breaking
1: news, which we'll get to after defenses, Uh so I I do want to talk to you about this a little bit, but I I went YOLO defenses this week, and I'll probably update these once I get the adjusted (laughs) sack rates and everything like that, because that's really how I do hammer down my process, but as it stands, I'm thinking about how these games are going to unfold. The number one defense this week, Jake, I have the Atlanta Falcons at home against the Chicago Bears, and no, they're they're not a good real-life defense. But like I said, if you can get like 40 to 50 pass attempts from Mitch Trubisky, sign me up uh and they still bring a little bit of pressure as well so they might give up 30 points in this game but uh not too concerned about that with old mitch chucking the ball back there washington against cleveland i just think that from front seven is going to get an immense amount of pressure on baker mayfield they can shut on down baker. The, if they can just shut down the run a little bit and you force baker into throwing a bunch just hook me up to washington they scored all right against kyler last week and they lost by what 20 points uh the bucks at denver the Colts versus the Jets, the Patriots, the Steelers, the 49ers, the Cardinals, the Chargers, and the Bills. After that, some uh, secondary options. The Rams, Eagles, Saints, Ravens, Jags, Titans, Packers, Chiefs, and Browns against Washington. The big difference between, like, Haskins and Baker as it goes to streaming defenses against them is you kind of mentioned it. Like, Haskins is, like, a real dunkin' donkey. He doesn't make, like, a ton of mistakes. He doesn't. Yeah, he's too safe. Like although he might only score like 12 points 13 points it's not good for fantasy defense it's good for real life defense but you know as standard defenses are scored i want the baker types who are like willing to take shots downfield and just throw horrendous picks
2: yeah and that's that's really what you want to look for is the aggressive types like another one like if we assume like let's put Tannehill on the same team. We would have the same conversation because Tannehill's smart and he's safe and he's efficient. So you want to look for kind of the erratic quarterbacks. That's why Daniel Jones is one, because even when he's not throwing interceptions, he still has improved a little bit, but the fumbling, we just saw it happen last week. He just doesn't have that pocket awareness of where to keep the ball safe. So those are the ones you want to look for. You, you mentioned it it's the adjusted sack rates, but you're also looking for quarterbacks that can be reckless at any given week. All right. So, We have breaking
1: news that Devonta Freeman has signed with the New York Giants. He has to pass his COVID-19 test in order to actually join the team. So now he has been thrown into this Giants backfield mix with Deion Lewis, Wayne Gallman and Rod Smith like we had mentioned. So what do we do about this as it pertains to both the waiver wire, as it pertains to the rankings this week? Because uh, obviously you're probably not going to go blow your budget on Deion Lewis. Uh, I'm going to move him down in my running back rankings for the week only because this is a very clear sign that you know, they don't trust Deion Lewis to be the f- full-time workhorse. Well, here's the thing about devonta freeman though
2: he's not any good anymore (laughs) (laughs) just like happy's finger paintings or her finger paintings uh, they're not any good or happy wasn't good at uh, hockey and that's what it was and your finger paintings suck so here's where i'll say like i'm going to go back to what i said i'm going to update the waiver column. but initially i said even if the signing happens we do have to wonder for week three does he step in immediately or is it like leonard Fournette, where they want him and they're going to look for a reason to do it. But is it going to take a week, two weeks? Because he's stepping in. This is Tuesday. Assuming he passes, he'll be in there this afternoon, maybe, if not tomorrow, Wednesday. So you're already almost halfway through the week. He's got to learn to play play schemes. This isn't a team that he's been with before. He hasn't been with Garrett before. So all these questions is he could step in or he could take a week to step in. And then to your point, he looked uh, – I said this on the podcast yesterday, Pat. He's kind of like a three out of the ten on your toaster setting. He's not perfectly toast. He's not there yet, but he's he's getting warm. He's getting crispy edges. He's there. Uh, so I would be concerned like how much upside there is. If I need help this week, I'd probably still go Jarek McKinnon. If I'm looking for the long-term play, I'll go after Freeman. But understand that like, I would definitely still go Mike Davis, even though Mike Davis might only be three or four weeks.
1: Yeah, so I'm updating my waiver rankings as we speak right now to kind of do this in real time. Mike Davis up to number one. Uh, Josh Kelly is going to be number two for me. Like, would you, if you, if if, let's say they were free and you could just go pick them up right now and you had a choice between Lewis, Freeman, and Wayne Gallman, which one would you actually want?
2: Mm, I would go with Freeman.
1: Really? I still think Lewis might hold yeah. the most value. Just I, I, I don't see a scenario where he doesn't play. Maybe I, I mean, I do see a scenario where he doesn't play more like forty mm-hmm. around forty to fifty percent of the snaps anyway. But like, I'm just kind of worried the Freeman's cooked.
2: Well, I just said that we do now, have you, that concern, with, but Freeman, we. But if what?
1: that's if that's the case and the Giants are bad, I don't think they're going to use Freeman in, like in a ton of passing down situations. I still think that's like you would mention it still belongs.
2: It really, to the he was he was cooked with Atlanta and had seventy targets and fifty nine receptions. Like.
1: It's also a bit different when you're playing in Atlanta and the defense has to worry so much about what you have going on down the field. And like the Giants are already banged up. Like, I just think that they would prefer to throw to Lewis. Maybe I'm dead wrong on that. Uh, I think that this is just for him to manage between the 20s. And I don't know, like, what's a snap expectation for Devontae Freeman? Maybe not week three, but from like week four on when he's ingrained into this offense.
2: I'd say around. 60% 60% I think Lewis will be involved and I think this kicks Gallman similar to earlier in the show we were talking about where he just kicks completely kicked aside but I don't think Lewis is going to lead and I don't think Lewis is going to be like, here it's this Naheem Hines situation I referenced it earlier I think Deion Lewis will be involved but there'll be some weeks where they don't need him and that's my concern with Deion Lewis
1: alright would you rather have Miles Gaskin for the rest of the year or Devonta Freeman
2: <laughs> Uh, I would go to Freeman. I mean, look, maybe he was banged up last year and wasn't hundred percent and now he is, but you know, that that's the only excuse I could give there. The difference between that situation is there's a, the difference is, is like if Lewis has a role, who's the goal line option? Freeman yeah gaskin's still not even the goal line option he's freaking jordan howard getting all those touches
1: so the updated waiver wire rankings at running back and i'll update the running back rankings for week three once i get a bit more information on the role that freeman's going to play if he passes the covid test and everything there's no reason to update them now than have him be like oh yeah he's not playing and then me be like i'm oh, great now i guess i have to go change it back to what it was i'll wait for information on that but for the waiver wire ranks those pertain to tuesday evening Mike Davis, Josh Kelly, Daryl Henderson, Jarek McKinnon, Devonta Freeman, Chase Edmonds, Miles Gaskin, Dean Lewis, On Johnson, Frank Gore. Those are going to be my top ten, and realistically the top five are really the only ones you would want to go out and get, I would think.
2: Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, I have Kelly as somebody that you should have picked up by now, and he ranks in front of everybody, uh, but Mike Davis, yeah, the McKinnon situation, so uh, the only one, uh, again, I'll go back to Daryl Henderson. If one of Akers or Malcolm Brown were to be out, then, yeah, I, I would like Daryl Henderson more. But if they're both playing, I would push him down. I would actually go – I hate it, but I would go Devontae Freeman before him. And I like, like Daryl Henderson 10 times more talent-wise. No, I think
1: I, on my roster, I think I would just rather have Daryl Henderson than Devontae Freeman, to be perfectly well, honest fine. with you. That's
2: fine. It depends on your construction, too.
1: Yeah, like do you need someone to play this week, or do you just need a running back on your roster who could be good? Even next week, yeah.
2: Yeah, Yeah. Daryl Henderson could take over by the eighth, ninth week and be a game changer for you. Devontae Freeman could have the job next week and still just be Devontae Freeman. All
1: right, Jake Seeley. You can check out my waiver rankings in the description of this video or up on dknation.com. Exactly the same with my rankings at each position. I actually just updated my waiver wire rankings, and I'll update them again on Tuesday evening if we get more news on any injuries or any sort of signing. So pay attention to that as we go forward. Uh, Jake, where can people find you besides theathletic.com this week?
2: at all in kid where i tweet out everything i have the all in sports podcast with rich rebar this week i'm bringing on uh the athletic podcast but look i tweet out everything for you guys And if you tweet, if you go to any of the articles similar to Pat, but right now, $1 a month to sign up for all your listeners. There you go.
1: Yeah, I want to tell everyone out there to get the stats and tools, the cornerback wide receiver matchups. You need to go to ftnfantasy.com or ftndaily.com. Code mail for a discount. There's a lot of free tools up there as well. Just recommend you just go check out the site, absorb the tools, get a feel for them. They're very, very good to use for projections going forward. Great source and valuable Resource uh, if you want to be projecting out and doing your own type of research, not listen to idiots like me try to tell you about people who probably suck that you should play and people that are good that I tell you to sit because that's what I end up doing anyway. Uh, but other than that, please smash the like for the episode, leave a five star review on the Pat Mayo Experience audio podcast, and that'll do it. We'll be back tomorrow with spread picks, then DraftKings picks, and then the injury update, then live on Sunday. And then we're back at it again, same time next week for the Ranks. I'll see you next time. Pat Experience!